a desert planet with twin suns. Why do I sense we've picked up another pathetic life form? Use my knowledge. Much to learn, you still have. Welcome back to Twin Sun Talks, folks. I'm your host, Jonah Lou. Thank you so much for listening, and welcome to our third volume of uh the most prominent and important alien species to know in star wars and honestly we're kind of moving out of prominence and into kind of obscurity a little bit with this episode we're gonna still be um encountering some like fairly um prominent species moving forward but these are much less prominent but they're more prominent than like super obscure like, the, the, we, we get to interact with multiple characters of these species, or at least that's what I'm trying to do. Um, so in this episode, we're going to be going through Tordarians, Gungans, Nemoidians, Weakways, Nyctos, and Aquilish. Um, so without further ado, let's dive into ARC Trooper training. Gentlemen, who wants to be an ARC Trooper? I do, sir! Alrighty, so if y'all haven't listened to my... Um, First and second volumes, they're, they're back uh, somewhere. I don't know. I think that they might be episodes 41 and 48, but that is a shot in the dark. They're both in the 40s, and um, both are named the same things. The only difference is volume one versus volume two. So if you'd like to catch up on those, feel free to go ahead and listen to those. After you're done with this, these aren't, the, the, the order isn't particularly important so i'd encourage you to keep listening to this and then go back and catch up on those whenever you are done so the first species that i'm going over today are tordarians now tordarians are a winged species uh species of sentients who preferred to fly rather than walk uh, they are native to the planet of tordaria and they are also immune to jedi mind tricks so kind of like the huts in our previous episode they are able to form a sort of protective barrier around themselves using their uh, midichlorians in order to prevent their minds from being manipulated by force wielders. Uh, they speak basic, and they hold tenets of openness and hospitality, as we see in uh, the episodes surrounding them in the Clone Wars. Uh, members of this species include Watto, who is the slave owner of uh, Anakin Skywalker in The Phantom Menace, and then King Katunko, who is the king of the planet, uh, who we get to see quite a bit of during um, the Clone Wars, especially surrounding his uh, kind of debate on whether or not to join the Republic. Um, he's in the very first episode of the Clone Wars uh, with Yoda. But Todaria largely tried to remain neutral and ultimately, spoiler alert, ended up joining the side of the Republic after much deliberation, um, seeing their humanitarian efforts uh, at the behest of um, Senator Bail Organa and Representative Jar Jar Binks. Speaking of Jar Jar, um, our next species that we're going over are the Gungans. Uh, so the Gungans were a semi-aquatic species native to the planet of Naboo, uh, and they were at odds with the human colonists until approximately 32 BBY or the events of the Phantom Menace. They are formidable warriors with relatively advanced melee weaponry, as we see with the Boombas, um, and they are also um, extremely uh, prominent with in underwater combat, as we see um, 
in the Clone Wars during the Moncala arc, they are called in to be um, uh, reinforcements uh, for the overwhelmed Moncalamari and Republic forces. Um, they speak broken basic, as you know, with Jar Jar. He's the Jar Jar Binks. And so it's like it's understandable and coherent, but it's not true basic. Um, members of this species include Jar Jar Binks, Captain Tarpoles, and Boss Nass. Um, and I know a lot of people think, I've heard a lot of people say that Boss Nass, they thought that Boss Nass was like a completely different um, character alt- or species altogether. No, he's just a super fat Gungan. Um, he's the guy at the, at the beginning of Phantom Menace with like the jowls and the green skin, the leader of the Gungans. Anyways, uh, moving right along, next up we have Nemoidians. Um, and so Nemoidians, we are introduced to them in The Phantom Menace. They have milky skin. They are pretty boning and conniving humanoids. Uh, they are the primary tenants of the Trade Federation, and they are known for their greed and cowardice. They speak basic, and they are native to the planet of Nemoidia and later Catonemoidia. Um, which were both very lavish and rich worlds. Uh, they're kind of interesting because they have like kind of a life cycle, kind of like an insect where they start as a larvae and then they grow up. Kind of cool. Um, members of this species include Newt Gunray, who's probably the most prominent of the species that is portrayed in Star Wars, uh, Rune Hako, and then Lock Durd. Um, all trade federation uh cronies because we we don't really see many nemoidians outside of the context of um the trade federation but yeah no they were the the kind of stereotype was that nemoidians were extremely uh greedy and selfish but also very cowardly and self-serving um so moving right along next up we have weak ways um, weak ways are humanoid with leathery skin and small facial horns. Um, they were native to the planet. I'm going to butcher this. Shriller. And once again, at some point, I promise y'all, I will have an ASMR style episode where I just mispronounce Star Wars vocabulary. And this would be one of the ones that I'm trying to pronounce. So it's spelled S-R-I-L-U-U-R. Schriller. I don't know. Um, but uh, as a sweeping generalization, weak ways worked in the business of piracy and um, they were also widely mercenaries or bounty hunters. They speak basic and they were largely employed by gangsters like the Huts and were notorious, like I said, for being bounty hunters or pirates. Um, so basically, they're very... Um, kind of skeevy and um once again kind of conniving scheming very uh cunning but also very stupid uh creatures and so members of the species include hondo anaka and his pirate stronghold as well as some skiff guards um from jabba's palace that we see in uh the return of the jedi but Obviously, they are, they are strong in numbers, 
and they are smart enough to have out to have captured Count Dooku, Anakin Skywalker, and Obi Wan Kenobi, um, and to have overtaken the likes of General Grievous, um, also Darth Maul and Savage Press. Like we see all of this stuff happen, but they are portrayed as very incompetent individuals. But at the same time, their intelligence and their cunning is put on display to show why they're such a formidable force. And I think that's a super interesting thing. So next up, we have Nyctos, uh, who are once again humanoid with leathery skin and small facial horns, but also, but they have beaked faces, so they're not exactly like Weefways. They are, but they are very similar to and often confused with Weefways. They are native to the planet of Kintan, um, and they are also largely employed by gangsters as security. And they speak basic, and honestly, this is one of the first species where it's like, okay, they're mainly background characters. There's really only been one prominent main character that's been a Nikto. Um, but we see them as background characters in a lot of these um, kind of like gangster underworld type scenes where they are guards, especially in the Clone Wars. They're very prominently featured, but you can see them on Jabba's, uh, the, like skiff guards on Jabba's sail barge, um, as well as basically kind of like the the more um, athletic counterparts, the Gamorrean guards in the hut services uh, in media like the Clone Wars, and also the stronghold that um, the Mandalorian breaks into to rescue the child. In episode one of season one of the Mandalorian, all of the foes that he faces off with were primarily uh, Nikto warriors. Um, so members of the species that being said include Amir Gundai who is the most prominently featured um, like main character that was in Nikto he is the Jedi in um, the episode supply runs of season 3 I think that's episode 3 of season 3 of the Clone Wars I could be wrong though um, who is the Jedi general who is fighting alongside Champs and Duel and the Freedom Fighters on Ryloth and he um, is the one who is in charge of the Outer Rim Garrison. Uh, second in command is Captain Keeley, who is one of my favorite clones. And um, he's a super, super cool character. I won't spoil how that episode ends, um, but that name might be a little indicative of, uh, of, <laughs> of the end that he meets, as his name is... Amagandai, which is one of my favorite, oh, my brother and I's uh, kind of inside jokes when it comes to Star Wars. Um, but then also, like I said, the skiff guards on um, those adjacent to Jabba's sail barge uh, are also Nikto warriors. So, uh, last species that we have for this episode are Aqualish. So, same vein where it's like we haven't really seen many characters that are super prominently featured that are Aqualish, but we see a lot of background characters that are, so I felt justified in incorporating them into this list. Um, Aqualish are se uh, sentient humanoid species native to the planet Ando. Uh, some members of their species have two eyes, some of them have four. They have bald heads 
and skin of various muted colors, kind of like gray, black, brown. Um, they also have distinct uh, facial protrusions, which is the only way that I could describe them, but I think that if y'all saw it, y'all be like, oh, that's what he meant, but it kind of, I don't even know how to like properly verbalize what they look like, but it's like almost like two butt cheeks on their face is the best uh, that I could, um, yeah, that's the best I could do. Um, this is probably the most fun fact though, and it's that they have red blood that doesn't cauterize. Um, and the reason for this is that we see one of their species, one member of their species get their arm cut off by Obi-Wan Kenobi in um, A New Hope. And what we see is when it's on the ground, this arm has blood coming from it, which, has, which never happens with lightsabers because the weapon is so hot that it cauterizes the wound immediately after severing a limb. So, um, but this was the first time we had ever seen a lightsaber used on a, an organic individual. So, moving forward, George made that change, but in order to kind of explain why this one occurrence uh, showed someone bleeding, uh, the lore has been kind of altered to make it so that Aqualish um, have blood that doesn't cauterize. So, therefore even if they have a run-in with a lightsaber like, or a weapon like a lightsaber, their blood, they, they're still gonna bleed because their blood is physically incapable of cauterizing. Um, so members of the Aqualish species speak Aqualish, so they don't speak basic. Um, it's kind of like, almost sounds like a walrus is kind of what their, their language sounds like. Um, members of the species include Pondababa, which is the, Aqualish that we meet in A New Hope who gets their arm cut off by um, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And then the robbers that Car Cara Dune takes down in, Mandalor in The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 4. Uh, it's kind of our first reintroduction to her. And she is essentially taking down a group of robbers from um, that are like looting the armorer's um, kind of stronghold. She comes in and stops them. And so that, the mem the species of that gang of robbers is Aqualish. Um, that's about all that I have on that. But this wouldn't be a proper episode if I didn't leave y'all with just a little bit more. Alrighty, so what I got for y'all today is that in A New Hope, R2-D2 and C-3PO escape the Tantive Four, which is the ship that we first see come into view uh, first shot in Star Wars over Tatooine, um, and this is the ship with all the all the engines and everything that um, that Princess Leia was uh, escaping the Battle of Scarifon. And um, so the kind of escape pod that R two and C three PO utilized to escape that ship and get away from the Imperials and. Uh, essentially get the Death Star plans to Ben Kenobi was a class six escape pod. So that's a little uh, dose of useless Star Wars knowledge for you. Um, but I just thought that, that was a little interesting. And that's a fun party trick to pull out. And it was like, if someone's like, well, what do you know about Star Wars? It's like, well, did you know that 
R2-D2 and C-3PO escape the Tantive Four utilizing a Class Six escape pod. And then they're like, wow, you're super cool. And then, uh, yeah, that's probably what people say. I don't know. But anyways, uh, that's about all that I have for today's episode. Make sure that you tune in um, this Friday. I am having my third edition of The Ability to Speak Does Not Make You Intelligent. And Scott Fonseca is going to be on. We are playing some games, and then he's taking on the rank of master. It's going to be a blast. Make sure that you tune in for that. Uh, and if you haven't already, go ahead and go back and listen to uh, the other two editions that I have so far. The first one, I went over um, kind of an in-depth review of Star Wars Visions, which is the anime series that came out a few months ago with my roommate, John Grimes, and then our high school friend, Hamza Al-Asadi. And then um, the second edition is... Uh, my good friend Sean and uh, my brother Jeb and we go through um, a few games and then we talk about uh, some fan film memories that we have uh, unfinished fan film memories that like we used to make um, back in the day and then uh, at the end of all of these I have a rank of master quiz Um, so make sure you go ahead and check those out um so yeah, that's all that I have for today's episode. You've taken your first steps into a larger world. May the force be with you, and I will see y'all in the next episode. Bye, friends.